Now, let's revisit Silicon Valley Bank. I'm assuming it's a bank that wasn't at the front of your mind more than a couple of days ago. It might well be now. So what happens with this? Have we got potentially, and this is something that's been flagged by one or two people in the United States, actually more than one or two, was this going to lead to a run on banks, the collapse of the financial system as we know it? There were plenty of people tipping to me when I was on air yesterday morning that the future was very dark indeed. When we left you yesterday morning, it wasn't clear whether or not the US government would step in and assist here. It seems like they will do that now. I want to get to the bottom of this with James Thompson, Chanticleer columnist with the Australian Financial Review, who joins me on the line. How are you, James? Great, Luke. How are you? Very well indeed. Now, you've written on this. Perhaps we should start by just asking you, how significant is this? And perhaps even before that, what's happened here? Well, what's happened here is the collapse of, as you said, a bank not many of us knew the name of a few days ago called Silicon Valley Bank, 16th largest bank in the US. And it was a bank that was the the go-to bank for the tech sector and the venture capital sector in the US. I think half of the tech companies that floated last year, they were the banker too. So deeply ingrained in that world. What's happened here is the money poured into tech during the pandemic. Their deposits soared. They put those deposits into the bond market. As interest rates have risen and pressures come on the tech sector, the requests for withdrawals have increased. They had to sell some bonds to meet those withdrawals. Um, But those bonds, because of, again, because of rising interest rates, those bonds have gone down in value. They took a loss. That sort of started this crisis of confidence in the bank late last week. And what we saw was this incredible run on the bank, basically. 42 billion US dollars was withdrawn on Friday night our time. And by Saturday morning our time, the bank was shut. It had been placed in the hands of the US government, effectively. If we're trying to attribute blame to one or two areas, and perhaps impossible to do that, is this because if you focus on the tech sector, that brings with it inherent risks? Or is it the practice that the bank was carrying out, its stated uh, method of operation, if you will? Oh, I think there's a few factors. The bank hasn't managed its risk very well at all here. It's gone into the wrong securities at the wrong time. It's been too concentrated in one sector and it hasn't really accounted for the fact that, hey, interest rates can go up as well as go down like they did for so many years after the GFC. So this is about the combination of rising interest rates, the uh, focus on the tech sector that SVB had, and then its own poor risk management, which has really been the, uh, the nail in the coffin. Is there not regular supervision, if you will, or at least checking by regulators into the behaviour of a bank like this? There's some level of supervision, that's for sure, but it's definitely not as strict as what we see in Australia. And the other problem here, Luke, is that there's two tiers of depositors. So if you've got less than $250,000 US on deposit, your deposit was insured. And so the government would would cover that. If you got more than $250,000 on deposit, your deposit was uninsured. And that wouldn't mean that your money was gone, but it would mean that those depositors who were uninsured faced probably weeks, maybe even months of waiting to get their money back. So this was the concern. There are lots of these regional banks across the US have these uninsured deposits. And what the Federal Reserve was concerned about, that they could see a run on these banks Mm. uh, over the coming days, that everybody would be scared about their uninsured deposits 
being locked up and they move to get out of these regional banks as quickly as possible. So that's why we saw the Fed step in and say, hey, all of these uninsured deposits are now guaranteed. We're going to give everyone a year to sort their stuff out. Um, and that's effectively stopped the threat of a bank run. Yeah, great. Does it have any impact on us here in Australia, directly or indirectly, James? Look, there's some indirect impact, but we've got to stress here that none of our banks have direct exposure to Silicon Valley Bank. Some of our tech companies did have money with Silicon Valley Bank. That's true. But the good news is that now this deposit guarantees come in, they're all going to be fine. All those monies will be recovered. But our banking system is very different, Luke. We have a different set of accounting standards, much more conservative regulation, much closer supervision, and our banks are in much, much, much better shape than these regional banks right. in the US. And I guess to some extent the intervention by the US government, that will, well, I don't know if it'll keep stock markets need to, if not positive. We certainly won't have... You know, what was tipped by many, you quote a billionaire investor, Bill Ackman, who I think you say on Twitter said that this might spark a bank run and wipe out the next generation of tech company founders. He didn't miss. He didn't miss. And look, I think those fears have been put to bed with with this, the Federal Federal Reserve stepping in. But, But I think it's important to note here that there's still lots of Uh, jitters in in global financial markets. There'll be lots of volatility over the next few days. The Fed stepped in and calmed things down, but that calm might not last forever. I think there's still some questions about, you know, which banks have got too too big exposures to to balance sheets with losses potentially in them, which sectors have got too much leverage. So everyone's going to be looking for these pockets of pain and while they're doing that, I expect there's going to be some real volatility over the next week or so. So we see our banking chief executives come out when there's a huge profit. Some of us go, goodness me, this is a little over the top. And they say it's better off having a banking sector like this than you know what might be the opposite. Kind of supports what they were saying, does it? Or is that well, um, too far a bridge? No, no, I think that's right, Luke. I mean, the only thing worse than a profitable banking system is an unprofitable one because it it can't withstand these shocks. Now, there's a balance to be had, right? There's a balance in all this. You don't want gouging by banks. You don't want banks to be, uh, you know, favouring profits at the expense of customers. Um, But the fact that our banking system is profitable and very well capitalised means that you know, we down here can sleep well at night and know that we can withstand shocks like this, that's for sure. Yeah, and what does this mean for interest rates, if anything, particularly in the US and, of course, here in Australia? Well, bond yields are plummeting at the moment. A lot of people just a week and a half ago had expected that the Federal Reserve might jack rates up by 0.5% in a couple of weeks. Uh, those That probability is now falling very rapidly. And, in fact, it's a flip of the coin whether they'll raise rates at all later in March. Um, and you might even see the, uh, the, the RBA pause as well. It's, it, it's still very uncertain, and I, I think we need to see how this all plays out. Yeah. But the fear has been that the Fed and the RBA could break something when they raise rates too much, and we're starting to see a few cracks, so that might give them pause in the next few months. Yeah. I tell you what, if you want to know what's going on in the world of finance, James Thompson and the team at Chanticleer at the Fin Review. They've got a great podcast as well. Well worth a listen. Always good to chat, James. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Luke.